Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we go on the hunt in the upcoming Monster Hunter Rise game and revisit Capcom classics. My name is Chris. In this episode, I'm thrilled to welcome two special guests from Capcom. First, we have Yuri. Hi, Yuri. Hi, Chris. And then Mike, who joined us on a previous episode. Welcome back, Mike. Hello, hello. Great to be back. Great to have you back. And also returning, we have Stephanie from the Strategic Communications team at Nintendo of America. Hi, Stephanie. Hello there. So we're going to run through um, upcoming Nintendo Switch games, take the Warp Zone quiz and more. But first, we're going to dig into the big new Monster Hunter Rise game for Nintendo Switch, which launches on March 26th. Now, full disclosure, I'm just getting into the series myself with Monster Hunter Rise, so I'm dying to learn more about the game from all of you experts. So, Mike and Yuri, before we get into Monster Hunter Rise specifically, how would you describe the series or maybe the basic gameplay to people who might not be as familiar with it? Sure. So, the way that I would take this one is it's a action RPG series. Um, you can play it solo. It's better played with friends, co-op, online, locally. What you're going to be doing is taking down big monsters with a variety of weapons, once you defeat those monsters, the items or drops that you get will help you build new, wep- new weapons, new armor, and other items to help take on even bigger threats. So a lot of battles, a lot of co-op, and a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun playing with you guys in, uh, in the demo uh, yesterday. We took some time to run through uh, a couple of the, uh, the missions. And uh, one of the things that jumps out to me right away is, of course, you can just jump right in and start running around with friends and enjoying the game. But there is a lot there. There's a lot of systems. You know, it seems like the more you play it, the more you realize just how nuanced it is and the more there is for you to to master, I guess. Definitely. It's a very easy to start. I mean, like most games, swinging around a sword or shooting a weapon, but there's a lot of systems in there. It can be tricky, but once you get the hang of them, the flow is fantastic. Yeah, there's there's uh, definitely a lot of depth uh, to the combat in particular. Um, yeah, like Mike said, it's uh, it's an action RPG, so equal parts of uh, of each side, right? So on the RPG side, you're building out your character with uh, with equipment, but on the action action side, uh, yeah, we're we're definitely proud of the the work that our team in Japan has put into this. So, absolutely, and I know that this series has a a, a huge kind of core following of of super fans. And uh, Stephanie, I know that you've been one of them for quite a while. So, what is it about this game that or this series that it just really appeals to you? It's just one of the most rewarding games I've ever played. I typically, at least, you know, historically really enjoy games for story and world building and exploration. And while that stuff is part of Monster Hunter, it really turned me on to playing games for skill in in a way that I, I just hadn't really considered or thought I was interested in before, because it really trains you to be super observant and pay attention to the monsters and really get a feel for what they're doing and um, how that's going to affect your way of interacting with them and trying to strategize against taking them down. Because it really is super different with each one. It's not just how they move, but things they can do to you and how you can use the world to your advantage and things like that. Yeah. You feel smart when you play. <laughs> yeah. You know, from my newbie's perspective, I, you know, when we tackled some of the, the monsters yesterday, it was... Um, you know, a, a big encounter like that kind of becomes like a, a prolonged boss fight, right? And like I came in there and I was just, you know, pretty quickly I was, you know, hacking and slashing and I was, you know, healing myself when I needed to. But, you know, I was kind of watching you guys too. And, you know, you're giving me some tips. 
and you guys were approaching it, you know, especially depending on what weapons you took and what your strategies were from very different perspectives. And you guys were, were kind of thinking about a lot of things that I wasn't quite thinking about yet. So, um, but getting to um, Monster Hunter Rise uh, specifically for Nintendo Switch, what are some of the new features that, that people who have played past Monster Hunter games can look forward to? Sure. So going into that one, I'll let Yuri cover another one, but I will take the, <laughs> the wire bug, which is probably one of the bigger ones. Um, you know, everyone can choose their weapon, but everybody gets a wire bug. And essentially what this is going to let you do is traverse the, the stage a little bit easier. The element of verticality is definitely leveled up for the for Monster Hunter Rise experience. So instead of being on sort of a flat field or flat plane, you can run up walls, you can run up trees, buildings, really explore the environment to take in more, find buffs and items, so on and so forth. Um, but you can also use it for combat too. So every one of the 14 weapons has different abilities using these uh, iron, or sorry, a silk, silk bind skills, as they're called, um, to take down the monsters and essentially have different angles or different, uh, you know, chances to take down the monster. So you, you really threw me off balance there. I thought you were going to go with the dog thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yuri, did you just, you were just punned us yeah. with the off balance. I'll give you, I'll give you the dog one. Go, so go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so in Monster Hunter Rise, uh, we have the, uh, the debut of, uh, of Palico, uh, sorry, Palamutes which are uh, canines, which now uh, you, can, you can take them on, um, on the hunt with you alongside. Uh, previously, almost all games in the series let you take a cat uh, feline companion. So now the first time uh, ever, we're bringing dogs in. So dog, dog people rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> Each of them um, fu function a little bit differently too. So the they, pal yes. Palamute, you can actually ride as sort of like a mount and get around faster. It's more offensive, has a little like yep. little ninja daggers in his mouth and weapons it can help attack. <laughs> um, while the Palico is a little bit more supportive, it'll sort of leave right. like healing wells around the map for you to help you out, do other things too. So it's really up to your choice, but uh, I really, really, really like the Palamute. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> it's going to be hard not to pick that. Yeah, and they, uh, if you like uh, all the equipment and the armor and dressing up your character, uh, there's there's just a lot of uh, really really cool Palamute armor designs out there, um, so yeah, definitely something to look forward to. Something I noticed when we were playing the demo that was really cool is for the first time when all four players are playing online together or local either way, um, all of you get to bring your companion with you, which That's is right. awesome. Because before it was only the case that your companion would join if it was one player or two players. Right. So that was really cool. I could see everyone just like jumping on their Palamutes and like racing across maps <laughs> and doing crazy, wacky, fun things like that just, just for fun. Yeah, and, and you can mix and match too, right? So uh, we, we did that a little bit the other time where two of us brought Palicos, which are the cats, and two of us brought the Palamutes, the dogs. Uh, so yeah, uh, it really helps out because now we have, uh, like Mike was saying, the, the healing bubbles from the Palicos are now helping everyone. So, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And as a as a fashion really hunter myself, tricking out my dog is very very important. So I want to be able to show that yes. off any chance I get. <laughs> Shouldn't be restricted by how many people I'm playing with. So yeah, whether you're a palico person <laughs> or palamute person, you get your choice. Yep. It was great too when we finally caught up to our target monster. Right, that we had all four of us plus each of our palamutes uh, or, or cats, whichever we brought. 
Uh, so, and then when other little monsters would kind of join in, we had a pretty big skirmish going on. Got pretty, uh, pretty crazy at times. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one of you are hopping on one of these monsters and riding it around. And I think that's new, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's right. That's actually uh, using part of what Mike was going into with the uh, the wire bugs. Uh, they have this. Uh, they have this really strong. You know, th the way that they work, right? They allow you to zip around the map. The the wire bugs themselves produce this really strong uh, silk. It's called iron silk, um, and that's what allows it to carry the weight of a hunter and and let you zip around. But also, you can use it to sort of uh, restrain and uh, command uh, monsters now uh, with a new feature called the uh, wyver riding. So uh, yeah, after you deal some damage with uh, wire bug attacks, again using that silk, right? Uh, you eventually get to the point where you can mount it and and you know ha have it fight other monsters or uh, have it smack its own head against the wall so it makes it opening for everyone else. <laughs> so a lot of depth there too. Yeah, previously it was you know there's opportunities to do similar type mechanics in Monster Hunter, but I think this one for Monster Hunter Rise is very special because it's not just like you're you're on top of them and trying to hold on and survive. You're actually really controlling the monster. Like you can make it go forward, you can make it fight another monster, you can use the special attacks that are so often used against you. So it makes you yeah. feel like you're like the monster for a while, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I love the using. In, in the demo, you can actually try this out. You can uh, go on the Mizutsune quest and uh, you can actually find a Rathian who has a backflip uh, attack that does like poison damage. Normally that would just poison hunters. You can take that all the way to the Mizutune, do that uh, poison attack and actually poison the Mizutune, which would otherwise not be possible in the demo because you don't have any poison weapons. So um, it's a lot of fun to experiment with things like that. That's cool, and and that that I was really impressed just with the demo on how much there was uh, to do and how big the environments were, and uh, and and Yuri, it was fun because I was just kind of following the on-screen arrow to take me to the target <laughs> monster, but you were saying no, wait, actually, if we go the other way, yes. we can take this <laughs> shortcut through the woods. So uh, I just continued to be impressed by how much there was just to explore, and I imagine it's only going to be that much more in the final game. Yeah, that that's just one of the maps. We've got more in store. <laughs> Yeah, and I understand that this game is set in the uh, ninja-inspired kind of land of Kamara Village, and that was very evident right from when I, I turned on the demo, right? And the title screen looks, you know, very, very much kind of that feudal Japan look that was pretty cool, especially when we're, you know, running through like a bamboo forest type area, and I thought it was just really uh, breathtaking at times, really. Definitely. So yeah, like the, the town itself, Kamara Village, also, you know, even the monsters themselves, you go really, really deep are inspired by old like Japanese yokai legends and really dip into sort of that culture of the side. So um, whether it's ninjas, yokai lore, ancient Japan flavor of this game definitely is is dripping in it. So pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Now talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, maybe this is something you can't, you know, experience fully in the demo. And again, maybe this is just kind of a newbie question for me, but, you know, as you're playing the full game, uh, what is that progression like? Like, I know that, uh, you know, when you finally take down a monster, you kind of collect, you know, items from the monster and that can be used to create, you know, your own customized armor and things like that. So I imagine that a lot of the game is really just kind of trying to, uh, you know, evolve your, your own player character as you go through these missions. Yeah. The, the progression is, uh, yeah, like I was saying earlier, it's, it's got both sides of that action and RPG, right? So the, um, 
the part that you mentioned, which is the, the crafting, uh, it's very much all based on the creatures. Um, more often than not, pieces of armor and weapons are going to be based on uh, heavily on monster parts. So every time you hunt uh, one of them, you'll be uh, you'll be able to gather some materials from the monsters, and then yeah, that'll allow you to craft like a new sword or a hammer or uh, helmet or whatever, and then you can mix and match uh, all of those. Um, but uh, as as you craft them, you'll start to notice that they are uh, they actually take attributes from the monsters, right? So uh, again, using that Rathian with the poison tail uh, example, you'll make a sword from the Rathian, and that's going to have poison damage. And you make the armor from Rathian, and you might get like fire resistance because. Rathian also does fireballs and, uh, you know, makes sense for a fire-breathing monster to be somewhat resistant to fire. Uh, maybe it does have poison resistance or increases your poison damage from your poison weapon. So it all fits in that theme from the monster that you're, that you're uh, hunting and, and crafting materials from. And, uh, and, you know, this also ties, goes hand-in-hand hand with the action portion because in order to do any of that, you have to defeat the monster. <laughs> And to do that, you have to really get uh, get into the the combat mechanics and learn the monster behavior and uh, yeah, use that to take it down. So it all kind of connects perfectly together in that in that sense. Right. It's a cycle of kind of going on the hunt and then yep. finding the monster, you know, combat, and then getting the spoils of you know your your rewards there, and then putting that back into your character, and then kind of repeating the cycle yep. again and again. Yeah. And as you go along, you definitely, I mean, having gone from zero Monster Hunter experience to where I am now too as well. It's like starting off can sometimes be a little intimidating, but as you go along, you know, there's like monsters that get you in and you'll be swinging sword around, do basic attacks. Like the game, it lets you play basically how you want, change weapons, change your armor. So over time, you'll sort of like passively gain these skills without really noticing. And by, by the end, like your character doesn't like gain levels or anything like that. It really is like your skill and your abilities. You maybe have armor that takes less damage than you used to do, but like you really do level up, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah, I think the the true test at the end, and, and you'll see a lot of uh, players in the community uh, do this mostly to flex, uh, but it, it is a testament to the combat mechanics and how you can grow as a player is you can take all your armor off and you'll be at the same uh, same stat values as if you were when you started the game. So you can get all the way up to like the you know the end game area of the game and take all your armor off, equip a, a starter weapon and challenge yourself to do something crazy like that. <laughs> uh, it's not super common, but it's just a, a, a proof of concept there that you you actually your character doesn't. Uh, get stronger. You are the one that getting that is getting better at the game. That's great. And Yuri, you helped me yesterday when we played, uh, when we were, you know, one of the first things where we're starting one of those missions is that you have to do is choose which weapon you're going to go with. And there were so many cool looking options. Yeah. Um, and uh, you kind of recommended a, a couple different ones to me. What would you say might be a couple of good options in this game for, uh, you know, people who are just getting started with the series? Or maybe even, you know, to the opposite extreme, an option that a more advanced uh, Monster Hunter player might might want to gravitate toward. Yeah, so if starting off, uh, if you if this is your first time trying out the series, uh, there, there's a couple of recommendations, and they're going to be 
mostly based on uh, how your character moves when you have your weapon drawn, um, which would be the sword and shield, dual blades, uh, long sword, and hammer. Um, they're the reason for recommending those is yeah once you draw your weapon and you start attacking they'll be uh, at somewhat fluid at the same rate that you that you would feel when your character is just running around. Um, if you're picking out for example the the greatsword, that thing is so heavy that once you have it in your hands, your characters slow down a lot. And you know that might not be everyone's cup of tea, but uh, but yeah, in the hands of like an expert <laughs> who's played a ton of hours, greatsword is is it's one of the first uh first weapons in the first game uh so and it's still it's stuck around since then and it still rules as one of the top ones <laughs> so yeah highly recommend trying it out after you've mastered the the sort of nuance that happens when you draw your weapon <laughs> yeah those are really good uh weapon suggestions for new players kind of starting out whether they're checking out the demo or when the game comes out um you guys have been talking a lot about like and touched about it on it a bit, all the systems and different cool things you can do in the game. But if there's one thing I could impress upon people who are listening who haven't tried it yet or have been intimidated, like Mike said, all of these things just come with time. Yep. You can go in and just enjoy like learning as you progress. And that's kind of the fun of the game is like not knowing all the things you can do and not um, being an expert right off the bat and just kind of like layering on your skill as you go along. That's kind of what makes this game really special and really different. Yep. And just from my perspective, starting out, it's uh, one of the things that I found so compelling about it was it was fun just kind of learning uh, the ropes myself when I first played a single player quest in the demo. But I, it was it was even that much more fun when I played with you guys, and and I learned that much more quickly. Uh, you <laughs> know, I think uh, there this is an amazing game to play. Uh, you know, with friends, and um, so I'm really glad to see that that's in there and that. You know, people can just gather around and learn at the same time or learn from each other if you're playing with a more experienced player. Um, you know, it really helped me a lot yesterday. It's also a lot more fun exploring the world together, at least from what I played with you guys in the demo. Because I, I think back to Yuri and Mike, we've played so much Monster Hunter together over the years. <laughs> and now it's like totally seamless with this one where the, all the maps are like interconnected, all these secret areas like you guys were talking about. Like you can traverse in so many different ways and it just feels... Um, like exploration and using the world to your advantage is is one of the biggest um, new things in this version from previous ones. It is. Monster Hunter definitely has, has come a long way. Even, I mean, I have even just slipped my mind that even just a couple of years ago, we were working with like zone gameplay where you'd be in one area and you'd go through an invisible wall and the game would stop and give you a map while it was loading the next thing. That's all all by the wayside now. It's a big open area, seamless gameplay, running, jumping off of waterfalls with your dog, no loading, <laughs> swinging off yeah. and doing crazy, like, you know, uh, like swing moves, the wire bug. It's it's great, so. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess another, th this is kind of random, but it's just something that's special about Monster Hunter that I feel like I need to shout into the void somewhere. Um, the weapons that you guys have been talking about are some really cool ones, especially, you know, starting out. But it's also worth noting the game has some weapons that you just don't see in any other oh, RPG yeah. <laughs> out there. Like, they're totally unique to the Monster Hunter universe. Like, the hunting horn was one of the ones I used when I we were playing say. together. <laughs> There's no game that has a giant, like, 
just musical sack that you hit a monster <laughs> with and play songs at the same time that give buffs to your teammates and to yourself. Like it's so cool and so weird and so monster hunter. Like it, it's very fun to find your identity in the game. And sure. it definitely becomes a point of um, conversation with your friends of like how you identify, like what's your gear. Like Mike talked about being a fashion hunter and um, what weapon you use and how that plays a role in the party. Yeah, everybody thinks of like the, you know, big sword or big hammer. I want to hit this or bludgeon this monster. But like, yeah, whether it's the bow guns or the bow and arrow, the hunting horn probably is the most unique one since it also provides a lot of, like buffs and passive abilities. Um, I think it's getting, Yuri, correct me if I'm wrong, it's getting a lot of love in the Monster Hunter Rise so demo so far. So uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely one to try out. Uh, yeah, if you've, I guess, uh, Chris, to answer your earlier question of which one I, I want to recommend to a more experienced player, you have no excuse to not play the Hunting Horn now. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it was very, it's, it, it's, Getting to be very different from the way it was in previous games. Um, so the the quick pitch is that uh, in previous games you had to uh, swing it around and that would cue up some notes that you would play and then a song would play and then that song would uh, would give you and your teammates some buffs. Uh, could heal you or stuff like give you increased attack and stuff like that. But now all that stuff, all that the the songs and everything. That's happening while you're attacking. So if you attack the monster twice with the red note attack, that's it. Everyone just got an attack buff. So uh, it's everything is like very seamless and a lot more style, more stylish now. So definitely try it out. It's also really hilarious to just hear that in the middle of a fight, just this this giant <laughs> yeah. weapon sack going yeah. off with music. The ex extra <laughs> love that the hunting horn gets, I love too, because it's like I think the one the demo is kind of like a it's like a hammer bagpipe looking thing. I can't remember it's what like monster a bass it's guitar. from, but the depending on what monster weapon it is, it actually can go from like bagpipes to keyboard to electric guitar, and they all have their own yep. unique sounds, and you just. It's great hearing all those. As, as silly <laughs> as it may seem, whenever you hear those things queue up, it's like puts a smile on your face because you're probably getting some life back or some other ability as well. <laughs> but also sounds super cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the one to go with if you want to be kind of popular within your party because uh, everyone else is benefiting from those buffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. It's kind of fun too because like most games, the, the buff weapon, like whatever's the healing or buff type weapon is purely defensive mm -hmm. or supportive and this is like yeah. really unique in that it's it's both hard hitting damage but also um supporting your whole party and one thing i really like too is obviously this is a series that has been going on for a while now and has had games on handhelds and on consoles and uh it was pretty cool to be able to play it you know both ways on nintendo switch because i had uh, when i first played by myself i tried the demo on on the tv and uh, that was great because it's a, you know, a big, you know, rich experience, great graphics. But then, um, you know, when we were all playing, we were all kind of talking, you know, over Zoom and, and we each kind of had our, our Nintendo <laughs> Switches just kind of in our hands. And that was great, too. So, um, you know, I, I guess I should be used to it by now, but occasionally games <laughs> come along that, that again, uh, you know, all over again, make me appreciate kind of the, the, the hybrid nature of the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, definitely. The The line we definitely like to lean on for this title is the wherever, whenever nature. Monster Hunter definitely, as Steph mentioned, you know, we really found our roots in Nintendo 3DS and happy to be on Nintendo Switch as well now. But 
playing games on a big TV, always a treat, but having that sort of like social, uh, wherever you are in nature, whether you're in a hotel lobby or whether you're at someone's house or laying <laughs> on the couch, like just that, that extra, you can have that same experience in the palm of your hand is just fantastic. We have definitely been to several, if not many, conventions together <laughs> where we were, we'd were we be so tired after the event and be like, let's just order a pizza, wear pajamas, and play Monster Hunter in the room. <laughs> that's, that's where the hotel lobby example came from. <laughs> yes. Y- yep. That sounds like a pretty great night. Yeah. All right. So, you know, there's so much more to this game. Obviously, we could just talk on and on about it, but... Uh, but before we move on to the next segment, is there anything, uh, Mike or, or Yuri or Stephanie, that any last thoughts about Monster Hunter Rise that you want to make sure we kind of cover off on? For sure. Yeah. I mean, if the uh, we've got a demo available, if, you, if you're a first time player, if you've played it before, definitely go ahead and check out the demo on Nintendo Switch. It's going to be up on the eShop until February 1st. So grab it while you can. Um but yeah, otherwise than that, stay tuned to our social channels. We've got a lot of other stuff we've still got to share about the game that's really exciting. So yep. stay tuned. Yeah, my, Mike covered the bit about the social uh, media channels, which uh, I helped manage that. So uh, yeah, at Monster Hunter, we we share a ton of uh, cool stuff there from uh, the, the armor previews and uh, concept art and gameplay clips. So yeah, one-stop shop for everything. <laughs> and the game comes out on March 26th. So it seems... Seems far away, but only about uh, a few short weeks. That's awesome. Well, I will keep my eyes peeled for all of those updates, and I can't wait to uh, play more of the game, really get into it. So moving on, we're going to go to the Player's Pulse segment. You know, a few days ago, we posted three polls on Twitter for Nintendo fans, and this uh, time, the polls were all themed around classic Capcom games. And the first question we asked was, which Street Fighter move would you rather master in real life? And the choices were Hadouken, Spinning Piledriver, Flash Kick, or Yoga Flame. Any any choices from you guys, if you had to pick one? Oh, man. For me, it'd be a toss-up between Yoga Flame and Hadouken. I think the everybody probably uh, may, maybe by themselves, maybe not by themselves, has like done a practice Hadouken like to like, <laughs> ah. That would feel really good. I feel like Yoga Flame might have yeah. some utility. You know, if you want to go camping, set up a fire, you could fix that for yourself. But uh, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I gotta, I'll go. Oh I'll gosh. go with the Hadoken because that one it feels powerful. Everyone's. I don't know. I'm doing. You can't see me now, but I'm doing the hand motion. It's really it feels good. <laughs> All right, we've got one vote for Hadoken, Yuri. Yeah, I went with uh, with Hadoken as well. Um, yeah, it's just just such a classic. Uh, but now, of course, you guys bringing up uh, Yoga Flames, getting me to to rethink it. I mean, what, what if you have your hands tied behind your back? Yoga Flame doesn't require hands. You just do it straight from your mouth. <laughs> that is a very good point. Stephanie? I was really torn. Like, the Yoga Flame is really helpful because you could turn your spaghetti into an anytime, anywhere experience, <laughs> which is critical to my lifeblood right now. Um, but also really like the idea of being able to pile drive anyone <laughs> i mean technically you could it might not be spinning and you might not jump t- 20 feet in the air like zangief does but you know i can't <laughs> i mean but that that's the but, mastering yeah, the ability implies of, that you get to do all that right yeah. that's part of the appeal <laughs> yeah it's really like this is basically i wish i could combine them both and have the hunting horn <laughs> both <play. laughs> but um maybe yoga flame i guess I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Instant reheat. All of those are going to be uh, eye catcher catching for sure. I think Hadoken probably would be the most uh, you know uh, a broadly useful move. 
uh, other things other than than punishing opponents, yeah. <laughs> which might be why uh, it got uh, 70% of the vote and was mm. the clear winner wow. among wow. this group. I understand. Flash Kick came in second and Spinning Pile Drive and Yoga Flame tied for last. Dang. All right, the next question was, and this was this was a very simple question. We simply said Mega Man or Mega Man X. All right, just one word responses. Mike, Mega Man or Mega Man X? Mega Man. You have to choose. Mega Man, it's tough. Stephanie. Mega Man, easy. Yuri. X. And the winner was Mega Man X, sixty-four percent. Ooh, that, that's a, that's like choosing between your your children. That's that's a tough one. <laughs> I have a theory though that like you would choose. It's really hard to not go with the first Mega Man you've ever played. And depending on where you fall on the age range spectrum, it could be X, it could be classic. And it's really hard to change your mind once you've played and gotten attached to your first Mega Man game. That's probably right, because my first game was X. Theory is holding up. I'm a, I'm an old fogey, so I would have voted for the original Mega Man, even though Mega Man, the first Mega Man X on Super NES might be my favorite Mega Man game. Mm-hmm. So really can't go wrong either way. All right, the final question was, or we didn't really phrase this so much as a question, but it was, I enjoy Resident Evil games the most when they are full of intense action or scary and suspenseful. This time I'm gonna ask you guys which one you think the fans voted for, full of intense action or scary and suspenseful. Oh man, I, I worked on RE for so long, it's gotta, it's gotta be scary and suspenseful. You know, it can go both yeah, ways, but... I think at the end of the day, that one's going to nip it out at the end. I agree. Yep. Yep, yep. Scary and Suspenseful uh, was the winner with 76%. But obviously, a good Resident Evil game, really, you need both. You do. So uh, it's a good thing that we don't really make people choose. Yeah, (laughs) I like to use the term, it's a good, like, chocolate and peanut butter mix of, uh, you know, both the pieces. Because sometimes, even when it's tense and suspenseful and, you know, someone's punching down the door, like, that can technically be construed as action, uh, but you know, it's, it's gotta have that suspense and thrills. The action of running away scary. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as zombie dogs jump through a window and chase you down a hallway. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, well next we're moving on to Nintendo Power Game Club. This is where we talk about a game that we all chose to play beforehand, kind of like a book club. And this time, since Mike and Yuri have joined us and Capcom has Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection coming for Nintendo Switch on February 25th, we're taking a look back at the original Ghosts and Goblins for NES and Super Ghouls and Ghosts for Super NES, uh, both of which can be played as part of the classic games collections that come with a Nintendo Switch online membership. And I want to start our discussion here with a couple of comments that fans shared on Twitter about these games. First from NM, uh, who said, I just played these two recently, and while they're tough as nails, they get really fun when you overcome those challenges. Some of the hardest challenges for me were the ogres and demons, especially the demons. And then one more from Jack McCloud, who said, I used to have to beat a game before my parents would let me uh, get another one. So when I asked for Super Goals and Ghosts, I had no idea what I'd gotten myself into. <gasps> get a lot of value out of that. It, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It took me months of frustration, but the satisfaction of finally beating it was immeasurable. So guys, you know, my question for you is, how is it that these games are still so fun, even when they can be so tough? That is that is, that is a tough one to answer because uh, this, the original Ghosts and Goblins on NES was probably one of the first games I ever remember playing. I don't even remember how old I was, but it, it that first level, the music, the characters, just the world, it's easy to play, it's jump and shoot, but like after a short while, yeah, you run into that first wall and boy, there's a lot of them, whether it's the 
Red Aramur, the Red Demon that comes down and swoops, or some of the other platforming stuff. It's just super satisfying. And here I am, like this, like thirty years later, still booting up that first level on Nintendo Switch, and like you know, got a big dumb grin on my face. And maybe I don't get <laughs> as far as maybe level two or three, but I still enjoy it. It's got magic, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's definitely got that uh, the the easy to learn, hard to master, and the easy to learn as in like it's very very simple like inputs and you know you you every time you press a button you know exactly what's going to happen and the first time you you press that button you don't know that you're you're going to be locked into that jump arc and that's going to go straight into the zombie's face <laughs> and then you die and then you learn but then that's like such a very very quick learning experience uh and i think that 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 like the simplicity and and that design uh and then the difficulty that's layered on by yeah like enemy patterns or just like surprises at every corner like there's a there's a, a very fine balance that they the team struck with that i think uh and yeah that's that's what what makes them special <laughs> games from that era too like i think nowadays it wouldn't necessarily be as brutal because not only do you have the hey maybe you pick up a the flame weapon which is not that great and maybe you aren't the best at platforming but also there's like a timer like there's so many layers of different things that can you know they're out to get mm-hmm. you so <laughs> yeah but very memorable the like enemies in particular that were tripping me up when i was revisiting it this week was like anything that moves diagonally like yes. the firebrands and stuff oh my goodness they require both like quick thinking but also thinking ahead and in those like really brief moments you have that they're coming at mm-hmm. you it's it's a, a real test of your your hand-eye coordination for real. Those guys and then the guys that were, once you start getting to the levels that have multiple floors, they walk above you and look down and throw stuff. But usually yep. they walk right on top of the ladder that you need to climb up. And so you have to like kite them <laughs> over here and then come back. And then you respawn the enemies that were over there. And it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think this is really a game that you kind of have to master inch by inch, right? Because... You can never just turn your 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 brain off and, and kind of run through it like a like you know any common side-scrolling action game. You really have to, or the game really expects you to kind of, um, you know, even like you said, just one little area where a, a standard bad guy is coming at you, and you have to climb a ladder, but the guy above you is blocking the ladder becomes its own little micro challenge, mm-hmm. and and then like you said, the timer, especially in in the NES game can be so brutal that even <laughs> you finally manage to make it past all these things and you get near the end of the stage, but you're, you just run out of time and, and that's it. You have to start over. So oh it, it is relentlessly brutal, but, but like a lot of those games where people really enjoy a tough challenge, when you finally overcome, you know, uh, a certain boss or a certain part of a stage, it is really, really satisfying. Definitely. You get that, like that fire in your belly. Like I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this. And when you do, it's just like, Toss controller up, go like down. It's ne- not a care in the world. Feel like you're on top of the world. <laughs> yeah, and I think even people who might not have played those original games may have been aware through somehow or another of Arthur. You know, the guy who mm-hmm. loses his armor and runs around in his in his uh, in his boxers with the heart pattern yeah. on them if he yep. if he takes one hit, or or even take a key for coming in. Yep. that kind of what it says <laughs> at the end of each stage. Um, and then the music is just so iconic, especially mm-hmm. in between stages when you see that map screen and mm-hmm. uh, it plays the little jingle it always gets me psyched for the next level <laughs> so it is that kind of thing where you know i uh occasionally will will uh you know get excited to to revisit some of those classic games in the series and then when i do 
I immediately get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember how hard it is. It's like, I want to play But this. I still keep playing. Yeah. Um, oh, and oh then, you know, the fact that you have to beat these games twice, basically. That's right. right. That's right. So You get to the end and they say, oh, you know, yep. if you want to get the real ending or face the real boss, you've got to go back to level one and climb all the way back here. That is the, <laughs> Spoiler. the ultimate, the ultimate rope-a-dope back in the day. of Yeah, the, it was an illusion. Go try again to get the real ending. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so brutal. I did not know that was a thing. I thought I was doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I'll, I'm just going to full on admit it. Uh, I, I, I do remember that when I was a kid, um, I think I beat these games legitimately because um, mm. I remember those endings. And I don't know any other way I could have gotten to them. But I definitely couldn't do that today. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm too rusty. So I was fully abusing that rewind 100%, feature and the suspend yeah. point feature. Oh, yeah. You have Nintendo Switch Online. And it was even then, I still found it to be pretty challenging because I would I would get to a boss and realize I've only got 12 seconds left yeah. to fight this boss. <laughs> oh to rewind yourself into a wall, basically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't think I could possibly, I, I have no shame. I don't think I could beat this game without rewind. And like, honestly, after I would beat each level, when, when I was playing the Super NES game, um, I would have to pause it. Like, I just rode my bike for 10 miles. Like, <laughs> just like debrief like whew, you did it that was really cool we're gonna keep going but let's do a lap around the house yeah. <laughs> like i think that i left off i beat the third level this week and then i did a suspend point so i can like go back to it later yeah and keep playing but like dude the designs and the bosses and the levels are so pretty in the in the super nintendo game like the like it's a 2D platformer, but what was really striking for me, because I, I didn't play this game when I grew up, um, was like when you come upon like the creative variety and perspectives, like the second level is like that water level and you're mm. not just doing traditional platforming. Now you're moving this raft around in the water and avoiding different types of enemies. And then there's parts where you're at a castle and it's flat and 2D, but the castle's turning as you move. It, it's so yep. such a creative use of perspective. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know I'm like discovering 30-year-old stuff for the first time. But. <laughs> now, that's cool. And it's cool to hear that you can appreciate it, even though you didn't play it back in the day. And, and I think you're talking about Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which I would say yeah. is, is pretty obviously the, the better game, you know, if, I, if I'm not, you know, if I set nostalgia aside for a second. And, um, and those graphics, especially the first boss even, where you have this giant bird kind of facing you. And it's pretty impressive even today that the, the pixel graphics, you know, uh, are that detailed and that big. So, you know, I, I would recommend if anyone's going to, if they're just going to start with one or the other, I mean, you know, maybe if you really are up for the ultimate challenge, go back and yeah. start with the original NES Ghosts and Goblins. But I think if you're just going to dip into one to see if it's it's your kind of thing, I would definitely recommend Super Goals and Ghosts on Super NES. Can I ask you guys a question? Shoot. What's the deal with being turned into a baby? Like, <laughs> I got turned into a baby at some point in the, in the Super Nintendo game, and I don't know why. Back in the original, you can actually get turned into a frog, too, if I remember correctly. There's, like, one of the items randomly drops. Sometimes it's, like, a point power-up or some other weapon. But sometimes it ends up being, like, a wizard that shoots something at you and turns you yeah. into something yeah, that you don't want for a while. <sighs> so. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't. Because I, I like. Yeah, if you opened a chest uh, that that had a wizard in it, if you don't, if you, I did. Yeah, okay, you gotta you gotta take care I, of that. It just wizard all happens as fast so fast. 
Yeah. It was such a blur. Like I did all that. I thought treasures treasures were good, and then I turned into a nope. baby, and then I quickly <laughs> got KO'd, and I was like, oh my god, my life just flashed before my eyes. That's the thing. It's like usually you see the the, the treasure chest and run out through it, like gimme, 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 whatever's in there, I want it. But if you're super close, Wizard. you can get uh, sometimes a negative effect dropped on you instead. <laughs> Now, what is there anything you guys can tell us at this point about Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, even just like the basics? Because I know it's coming out next month. Sure. Yep. Comes out February 25th. Um, we don't we haven't pushed a ton of details just yet, but Resurrection, it is a, you know, whether it's the original Ghosts and Goblins or Super Rules and Ghosts, it's de- very much an homage. It's a brand new game, but you'll see a lot of references to the original in there as well. Takes this really cool brand new storybook style aesthetic. And brings back our hero, Arthur. You're going to see classic running and jumping and probably turning into a skeleton after you get hit a few times. Um, but <laughs> it's a lot of fun to be had there. But it is definitely a tried and, two, tried and true classic Ghost and Goblins title. So. That's awesome. Having just played these original games, uh, I'll be primed and ready to dive yeah. into this one. <laughs> It's yeah. going to be a lot of fun, yep. I watched the Dev Diary Capcom uh, published mm-hmm. too recently, and it was really cool because um, the team talked about how they actually worked or collaborated with the original designer, mm-hmm. um, yep. Fujiwara, who's like, you know, to me, famous for working on so many amazing games of that era, like from the Disney games like DuckTales to, of course, Ghosts and Goblins. Like, he's just had his hands in so many, like, world-changing game pots. It's, it's really cool that he was collaborating with Capcom on this. Yep, definitely. Like, over Capcom Japan, a lot of the staff from the original titles are still floating around. A lot of the times we have these titles that really reach back and try to be, you know, faithful homages to the original. You want to make sure that we get, you know, some direction from original staff as we can. So uh, we think that people will really sort of see that when they play through, you know, it'll feel like an old game, but it's definitely a new game. But the, you know, brand new presentation, um, a lot of fresh new stuff in there too as well. So that's really cool. Well, that's awesome. And, and before we move on, I just want to mention too that next month when Capcom Arcade Stadium comes out, I believe you'll be able to to play the original versions, the original arcade versions mm-hmm. of Ghosts and Goblins and Super Ghouls and Ghosts. So uh, a whole lot of uh, of uh, that series coming our way all of a sudden, yeah. which is great. <laughs> yeah, they asked for it and now they're getting it. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it and it all, uh, this year is actually the, the 35th anniversary of the NES uh, release. So kind of like all ties together nicely you know (laughs) oh that's awesome i wasn't aware of that yeah perfect all right well cool we're going to move on to the warp zone quiz now this is where we try to guess games that came out 10 20 and 30 years ago and and this time we're only going to go by the release year for each game and not the month and that's because um all the games were from capcom so uh you guys ready Uh oh (laughs) all right let's go for it give it my butt i'm nervous all right, so we're starting with 10 years ago. This is in uh, 2011. And the clues are Capcom released an unusual adventure game for Nintendo DS, which starred a ghost who attempts to discover who he was when he was alive and who killed him while going between the ghost world and the land of the living to possess people and save lives through puzzling gameplay. Any guesses? I can see Steph's, ghost I can see Steph's hands fl- flying trick. in the air. <laughs> Her hands went up right away. Yeah. It is Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Well done. That is a that game is amazing. That is a hidden, hidden gem for sure. If you haven't got a chance to play it, find a copy somewhere. That is a super fun game. So. Oh, I love it. it. It really is, and I think it's from the creator of Ace Attorney. Is that correct? It is Shu Takumi. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And I think that that was actually in January of 2011. <laughs> All right. Man. So now we're going to 20 years ago in 2001. The clues are: Capcom released an action adventure action adventure game for Nintendo 64. 
that brought a classic 2D hero into the third dimension for the first time to face off against the Bond family of air pirates while searching a flooded world for the legendary Motherlode. So that's, Any guesses? It's a tr we know this. We tr all know trick it. question, by the way. So it's Mega Man 64. Yes. That is correct. It had been released earlier as Mega Man Legends on other platforms, right? Ah, well, there's no stopping you guys. You know your Capcom games. I think Mike might have worked on some of those. So. I, yeah, mo most of them. <laughs> Not the original one. But. Awesome. I feel so much better that the quizzes are Capcom related because I, I, that's kind of the sweet spot. <laughs> All right, so let's see. We've got this one last one here that was 30 years ago. Mike, I don't believe you were at Capcom 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see then. 30 years ago in 1991, Capcom released a side-scrolling action platformer for Super NES in which you slashed and double-jumped through the ghoul realm, collecting armor, shields, enchanted weapons, and magic to save the kingdom and rescue your beloved princess from Sardius, the Emperor of Evil. Any guesses? I'll, leave, I'll, I'll set this one out. Let Stephanie Yuri stew on it. Mm, super challenging. Uh huh. Stars mm. characters from Arthurian legend. <laughs> That's super <laughs> golden ghost. <laughs> That's right. There I we was go. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> I was like, disappointed come on, man. If you guys yeah. <laughs> super like golden ghost. <laughs> what a trick. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned the original Ghosts and Goblins turning 35, uh, I believe, I could be wrong, but I think Super Goals and Ghosts might turn uh, 30 later this year. Yeah. Um, depending on, you know, which, uh, which release date you go by, Japan or the U.S. All right, now, we usually have an audio bonus question, and this time we've got three. And uh, so we've got three sounds, and each is a roar from a particular kind of monster that is well-known in the Monster Hunter series. Now, Mike, you actually gave me these sounds, mm -hmm. and you, the, you know the answer. So you're, you're borrowed from yeah, the answer this one. <laughs> and honestly, this seems super-duper tough to me, so I'll be impressed if you guys can even guess one of these. This is the Yuri special. He's, <laughs> he's the super expert. All right, so here we go. Here is roar number one. Yep. Is it? Does it sound familiar? No, yes. no, no, Is it no Narga hints. Kuga? No hints. Yeah. No hints. That's the Kezu. Is it Narga Kuga? Kezu. Oh. So you said what again? Kezu. Kezu is correct. Well yeah. done. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on to sound number, or roar number two. Can play it again for you if you need. Yeah, I might need another play. All right, here we go. Try number two. Let me know if you need a hint. Any? Hmm. This is a really tough one. Uh, Mike, you want to offer a hint? Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a a overall hint. All of these monsters are from previous titles, but they all are also going to be in Monster Hunter Rise. This one you might see in the demo that we've got live right now. Okay, so yeah, that narrows it down. It's the Mizutsune. That is correct. There you go. Mizutsune, well done. We got there. <laughs> one more, and here it is. The Rathalos? That is correct, Rathalos. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Which uh, also appears as a boss in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So I think a lot of people might have yeah. had oh, yeah. a, a, at least some shot at that one. Wow, I am impressed. Yeah, knowing, <laughs> I am super impressed. Knowing the Monster Roars is is next level, but after 
fighting hundreds, what seems thousands of them. Their music and themes and roars, they're pretty easy to recall for some of us veteran hunters, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Yuri is a special class of his own. He's You've been playing Monster Hunter for like, what, like 10 years, more than that? Yeah, I've been playing since the first uh, first game. And uh, the first game launched in 2004, but I started playing 2005. Wow. Okay, wow. so over 15 years in your yeah. life of Monster Hunting. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, you've, you've definitely shown your skill here. Well done, everyone, with, with the quiz overall. Uh, everything was answered correctly. Great job. <laughs> so before we go, um, we're going to take a look at some of the Nintendo Switch games that were recently released or are coming soon in Game Forecast. Okay, we're going to start with, uh, on December 21st, we had Double Dragon Neon from WayForward and Majesco. On January 14th, we had Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the Game Complete Edition from Ubisoft. On January 20th, there was Hitman 3 Cloud version from IO Interactive. And on January 26th, Cyber Shadow from Mechanical Head Studios and Yacht Club Games. And the Dead Cells Fatal Falls DLC from Motion Twin. On January 28th, there was Elijah, I think I'm pronouncing that right, or Elijah, from Skeleton Crew Studios and Devolver Digital. And Tohu from The Irregular Corporation. And then on January 29th, we've got ReZero, Starting Life in Another World, The Prophecy of the Throne from Spike Chunsoft US. Then on February 11th, Little Nightmares 2 from Bandai Namco Entertainment. On February 12th, we've got Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury from Nintendo. On February 22nd, Persona 5 Strikers from Sega and P-Studio. And then on February 25th, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection from Capcom, which we mentioned. On February 26th, Bravely Default 2 from Nintendo. And then sometime in February, we've got Capcom Arcade Stadium, obviously from Capcom, which we mentioned before, and includes a lot of those classic arcade games. So that is a lot of a lot of cool stuff. So Mike, Yuri, and Stephanie, is there anything here that you're personally just really looking forward to? Let's see. Definitely. I mean, I got I to gotta get up for Ghost and Goblins. That one's coming up soon, since that was the topic and toast mm-hmm. of the, the conversation today. Other than that, I did jump on uh, to jump on my Nintendo Switch earlier this week to play some Scott Pilgrim with some friends online. Also looking forward to uh, new Yacht Club game, Cyber Shadow, definitely. Put up a lot of great games. Shovel Knight is one of my favorites, so eager to see what else they can do. Absolutely. And that one was a, a cool partnership uh, between Yacht Club games working with um, I think a single developer who really was oh, really? was the guy who who started that project. Yeah, and I think brought on Yacht Club Limbs uh, later to kind of provide some support. But um, I, like you said, I'm a huge Shovel Knight fan, and I'll be happy to see anything that Yacht Club Games had a hand in. And and this guy's work looks incredible. I mean, it's classic eight mm-hmm. bit style pixel action, ninjas, robots. I eat that. Know, sign me up. <laughs> I eat that stuff up. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, how about you? Um, I feel like this is where some of our interests diverge a little bit. Um, but for me, I'm really excited to check out Persona 5 Strikers. The music sounds really awesome. The characters and the flair of that universe are just, I just can't wait to return to that world in a different way. Um, and then, of course, maybe some overlap in interest in Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Um, I'm always looking for more co-op online play games, and it this one adds online play now to the game. So I, I already have friends that are like ready to play on launch day. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Um, a couple of others too, like Little Nightmares too. I saw there's a demo, so I might check that out and see just to kind of round out the world with a little bit of horror and even maybe ReZero. Um, I've heard really good things about the story of that universe and Ace Attorney games and are definitely like my guilty pleasure. So anything in that visual novel adventure style tends to, to take my attention. 
It sounds like you'll be pretty busy for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's okay. I have time. It's a good kind of busy. <laughs> yeah. Yuri, was there anything on the list that jumped out to you? Uh, yeah, I think uh, looking back just a couple of weeks, uh, the, the Scott Pilgrim versus the World uh, game, uh, definitely one that I want to revisit. Uh, I still haven't got a chance to, but uh, the soundtrack is back on rotation. Uh, I remember just... You know, even a couple of years ago, that that was on repeat for me. <laughs> so so good. Uh, yeah, it's it's just so good. Shout out to um, Anamanaguchi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those guys are amazing. Yeah, and the the book club uh, for for uh, Ghosts and Ghosts and uh, sorry, Super Ghosts and Ghosts and Ghosts and Goblin has uh, re-sparked my interest in the uh, the upcoming game. So uh, we'll be definitely be playing Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. I'll absolutely be playing that one too and Capcom Arcade Stadium for the original arcade versions of the Ghosts and Goblin games and arcade Final Fight and Strider. You can't beat that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of those kind of old arcade vibes, um, I've really been having a lot of fun recently with Double Dragon Neon, which is, you know, the Double Dragon series is is one of the original kind of famous side-scrolling beat-em-ups. And um, it's got some some of that good action, but also it's just really funny. Like yeah. the two main characters now are like all broed out and they're like high-fiving an air guitar and it's just so goofy. That was a real fun one. It's been a while since I played that one, but had a lot of fun. Like you mentioned, it's got this like weird tongue-in-cheek like 80s. I always think of like neon pink and like bright blue vibe. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that it's on Nintendo Switch now. Yeah, they were not shy about it. They put it in the title, Neon. Yep, yeah, they, <laughs> exactly. <you> yeah. <laughs> Well, Mike, Yuri, and Stephanie, thanks so much for coming on the show. I had a blast. And thanks again for, for going on the hunt with me in Monster Hunter Rise yesterday. Um, I've just really been having a, a great time talking to you. Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for hosting us here. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Chris. It was really fun to hunt with you guys. Yeah, we'll have to set up awesome. some hunts uh, when the game comes out, for sure. <laughs> More hunts are definitely on the way. <laughs> I am still thinking about that one comment, though, that you shared earlier from the, from Twitter about how they couldn't get another game until they beat Ghosts and Goblins. <laughs> and I'm going to take that. I'm so glad that comment had a happy ending and they finished the game and were able to go on and keep playing video <laughs> games for the rest of their life. It, it took but them I will, six years, um, Stephanie. I yeah, wouldn't call that. Rumor has it they're still playing somewhere. <laughs> I know. But they it's did like, it. It's like, I'm still working on that next game. <laughs> I'm taking that wholesomeness with me after the podcast. I needed that. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Talk to you next time. Great. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening and keep playing with power.